Hi guys, how are you doing? I hope you're staying warm during these freezing months. Today's episode is all about marketing. And if you're like, well, I don't have a business, what am I doing with marketing? Listen to this. When it comes to marketing, it's not only for businesses. It is how you market yourself in the world and how you market yourself to jobs. If you are in your 20s, looking for a job, feeling a little lost, not sure what you're doing, this episode is for you. My guest today talks about being bulletproof and finding the right people to help you along the way. When it comes to being in interviews, she shares the best tip I have ever heard when it comes to how to interview correctly and always land the job. If you're looking for a job, this episode is for you. And if you're really just looking for some inspiration and direction in your life, this episode is for you. She's so relatable, has so many powerful stories, and this episode was so impactful. Stay tuned. Hi everyone, welcome back to the Lily Grace Lifestyle Podcast. I'm so excited because I have my guest today that I met a while back when I worked at the Element Group. Her name is Dawn and she is here to talk about her life mantras and marketing. So without further ado, thank you so much for coming on today, Dawn. (laughs) My pleasure. I am so honored you asked me to be on this with you, Lily Grace. You are just this like little rock star. (laughs) Watch out for you. Um, coming your way is Lily Grace. I'm telling you, she's going to take the world by storm. I've been watching her for years now. So. Oh, that's really sweet. (laughs) (laughs) That's so sweet. And like I said, when I met you the first time, I was like, I feel like we're so similar. We're on the same page. We have a very strong mindset and I just had to have you on. So the first question that I always ask my guests is what defines your lifestyle? So super good question. Um, what defines my lifestyle this year? And I'm going to probably like mix this in with the next question you're going to ask. So we'll just maybe merge them in together. Sounds good. Um, my lifestyle is really it's, and it's going to be funny because your name, but, um, I believe in two things with my lifestyle is being the light and holding grace. Um, I like literally have a coffee mug at work that says I run on coffee and grace Um, so yeah, it's really about knowing that everybody has this story and, um, particularly in the last year, you have to give people a little more grace probably than we're all accustomed to. Um, and we're all usually better for that. Um, whether we realize that in the moment or afterwards, um, being the light, bringing a positive mindset as often as you can, no one's perfect. It's impossible to do it hundred percent of the time. And showing grace is really basically at the core of my lifestyle. Wow. I I can so see that because I think you emulate both of those things. So that's just fantastic. And where do you think those two things came from? Like, how did you grow up? And like, what are the things or events in your life that really uh, steered you to where you are today? Sure. Um, I was really fortunate that I grew up with all four grandparents really involved in my life. And my parents are from very different places originally. Like my dad is from New England, Boston. Um, And his parents were very, very active and like 
the big business of Boston at the time. Um, my dad's dad ran um, Colonial Meatpacking Company wow. back in the day. And my grandmother was like a big time social worker in Roxbury and Dorchester. She was like a little Jewish lady that just <laughs> took, a, took care of all these children um, that needed guidance and a social worker um, to advocate for them. So that's where my dad grew up. And then my mom, she's a Southern girl. Like she grew up <laughs> in the Carolinas and then um, at one point in New York. Um, and like her parents were both military. My dad's dad was also military and my dad and my mom were military. Mm. So my dad was army. My mom was an army nurse. Um, her mom was an army nurse. Her dad was an army um, officer. Um, as was my dad's dad. So like, that's where they're kind of like similarities were, but like my dad was Jewish, my mom was not. So there was like, back in the day, there were a lot of issues surrounding like them deciding to get married. Mm -hmm. um, and then at the end, you know, everything to the dust settled, you have grandkids and that seems to like bring everybody back together. And there, that was me and my sister. Um, and so because I had such this deep influence from my grandparents, like that generation, they just operated a whole lot differently than what we see today. Not mm -hmm. that there's anything wrong with today's generation, but when you have the wisdom of multiple generations behind you, raising you, like they showed me the world, literally. Like my dad's mm -hmm. parents took me all over the world. Like wow. Germany, France, Tokyo, Hong Kong, like everywhere they could take me. <laughs> Um, and they had like other grandkids and um, my aunt and uncle worked for the state department. So we were, they were always getting stationed in new places, which is when mm -hmm. my grandparents would tag me along to go visit my cousins in these foreign lands. Wow. And so like one particular example that I can share with you, which really changed my life because of this opportunity to travel and because of the wisdom of my grandparents. First of all, um, before I get to that, just a quick side tour. So my great grandparents were also like pretty spectacular. Um, my one grandfather started a Jewish temple congregation in Cleveland, Ohio, and they welcomed everyone. Um, so we were always reared with like seeing beyond people's skin tones and mm -hmm. like whatever, as long as like we took care of each other, all were welcome. So that's that mentality I was raised with. Like it just was. Um, and then this particular grandfather was also an advisor to presidents and was sent out during wars to advise people like generals and presidents. And like, we have pictures of him with multiple presidents and he wow. Aaron Starrow on the radio in front of half a million people <laughs> on the origin of the species. He was amazing. So like we're, there was like a lot of humility that needed to be had amongst these people who were very relatively public figures during the time. And so there was always a sense of humility. And then that leads me to like this one event that I experienced when I was walking through Tokyo with my grandfather, I was walking down the streets of Tokyo and they were like showing me around and I was holding his hand and all of a sudden I looked around me and I was like, whoa, like, Grumpy, why is everybody looking at us? And he's like, honey, they're looking at you. They're not used to seeing a blonde haired, blue eyed white person. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay. And you know, I wasn't scared. It was like, just, it's like, you know, you are in the minority here. 
-hmm. And so to have that experience at, I think it was 13, Mm -hmm. um, really changed my life. And it gave me this whole new perspective. Like, you know, the world is much bigger than we see if -hmm. we don't get these experiences. And it was important for me to feel that feeling and to, it lent me a great deal of the ability to empathize Mm -hmm. with people who are also in the minority in other places, right? Um, I think everyone should have that experience. I think the world would be a different place for it. Mm. Um, So that's kind of the foundations of my mantra. Like we treat others as we, you know, want to be treated. Really foundational, basic stuff. Yes. (laughs) Um, You know, my grandmother instilled in me like, you know, we're always looking out for the best interests of others where we can. Um, People need each other. We mm-hmm. offer help. We recognize the heroes. Um, everyday heroes don't always like look like celebrities. They're, mm-hmm. you know, the people stepping in to speak on behalf of the person who doesn't feel like they have a voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and we do it with grace and care and as minimal judgment as possible. Like we don't know what everybody's walking, what path they're walking. And we, we need to offer grace and we need to lean in and ask questions and be curious and be kind and be polite. Mm. So again, that's part of the nature of that generation, right? Like you're just raised to not say certain things or to, you know, respect other people and to Mm -hmm. question them. Like, it wasn't about also being silent. It was like, be curious enough to ask questions in a sensible way so you can learn what the other person is feeling and experiencing. Mm -hmm. Try to put yourself there and imagine what it might be like for a minute, two minutes, five minutes, or a day. Um, And so that gave me a whole lot of perspective too. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I think that's so incredible that you got to travel that much when you were younger. (laughs) because of your family. And I think the key thing, especially that stood out to me that I can definitely connect with is grandparents. Um, I no longer have my grandparents. um, But when I was younger, they were integral part of my family. And I truly feel like I'm a combination of my Nana and my grandmother. And I just feel like, again, the traditional like aspect of life that they had and just the mindset they had back then is kind of what I carry through throughout my life because I always felt like they were such um such kind people and so responsible and also kind of daredevilish but you're right it's like a different a different world back then but it's kind of cool to carry it out through your life and I see that in you so that's incredible thank you you know and I'm trying to instill that in my own children now Mm -hmm. like sharing with them about um, their grandparents, like my grandmother's still alive. She just turned a hundred this year. Oh my gosh. Um, congratulations. <laughs> it's just like losing her memory. Like she doesn't recognize me anymore. It's very sad. Cause it's she hard, was like yeah. my dad's mom. Like she's the one who I spent probably the most time with of all my grandparents. Oh. And, um, but you know, she still gets up and walks every day and like oh. speaks to her like retirement community where she lives and like shares like the Hanukkah story and oh. it's up and like just speaks so eloquently. And she's like, everyone loves her. Cause she is the light. Like she mm. taught me that like yeah. everyone who's ever crossed my grandmother's path has only one thing to say about her. Like she is just kind and her name is joy. Like oh. joy. Wow. So she lives truly by her name and you know, how lucky are you and I to have that experience? Like it's unusual. I think, Mm -hmm. unfortunately it's unusual. 
Definitely. Um, but man, it's, it changed my life for yeah. sure. Yeah. And so Wow. That's, oh, that touches me so much. And I can definitely see how you are the way you are. And it just, it just all makes sense. And like, it's, again, it's so cool that you got to travel. Like that's incredible. Tokyo when you were 13, like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) So can we get more into now, like what you went to school for and let's focus a little bit more on that aspect of your life and how did you get there? Um, so I, I went to the University of Vermont and apparently I graduated the year you were born or the year before you were born. <laughs> now I know that. <laughs> um, just so everybody's clear, like I'm a lot of, a lot of bit older than Lily Grace. Not that much older, um, no. <laughs> um, so yeah, I went to the University of Vermont. Um, it was a great experience. I was a collegiate debater there and I wasn't there to debate. I kind of fell into it and I'm so lucky that I did. Um, I actually learned way more as a collegiate debater than in any, well, not any, than a majority of my classes that I took there because Mm -hmm. it's immersion learning and you're actually like speaking what you learn and you're making arguments about it. And you're like looking at all sides of these scenarios and there there are big topics, like Mm -hmm. big topics, like Mexican indigenous people and like NAFTA agreements and like really incredible stuff. So I started, I don't, I think this is like a a statistic, but I started out pre-med. I was a biology major. I wanted to be when I first got there. And then, um, I didn't have much success in some of my science classes. And I'm like, I feel like I'm banging my head against the wall. Maybe I need (laughs) So I looked at like speech communication and pathology um, and I changed my major to that for a little bit. And then, um, you know, the more I got into debate, I was like pretty competitive with debate for two solid years, like went to nationals and like competed at a very high level. I started to really reconsider my major for the final time and third time's a charm. I decided (laughs) to, major in political science with a double minor in philosophy and sociology and a concentration in crime law and justice. And that's wow. how I finished out. Um, I didn't debate my whole way through cause it's a pretty grueling, um, level of debate. Not that it was bad. It was just like, Whoa, I probably like might want to explore some other opportunities that UVM has to offer. So mm-hmm. I did that. Um, I put myself through school. So that was the wow. only thing working and debating and school and like it was a lot so um I had a lot to do in four years and then I graduated pre-law and decided to take a year working to rebuild my financial bucket um because I put myself through school and like okay so if I'm gonna go to law school that's more debt Mm -hmm. um I probably need to just position myself with some savings and I took a year and then ended up enrolling in a law school online yeah. <laughs> um, and realized like, oh, I really want to like go to an actual law school. And I ended up enrolling at Mass School of Law in Andover. Mm-hmm. And then I was there for a couple of years and changed paths again because I ended up having two babies at the wow. same time. <laughs> <laughs> You're twins. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I basically found out that I wasn't supposed to be able to have children and then end up getting pregnant with the girls. And between those, that, that 
that really life-changing news from the doctors that you're never going to have children. I left law school and decided like, I think I need to just take a knee. Mm -hmm. And I was like mourning the loss of not having children. And then I got into photography and then I got pregnant with the girls. Wow. So, um, yeah, I've had a very, um, not a straight line. No, I have not traveled a straight line. Um, so as probably most of us don't, but you know, I explore different paths and different opportunities when things happen. So, yeah. And I think it's such an important point to touch upon because nowadays it's, especially during COVID, it's hard. I feel like for young people to truly see a path for themselves, but it's okay to explore. It's okay to not know what you're doing because even for me, people are like, you know what you're doing, but like, honestly, like, no, (laughs) it's like so hard. I never expected that I'd be in the sales position. I always thought I would just be a designer, but it's like, you can be all these different things and you can have all these different aspects in your life. Like you went from law to, or you started off as like a science major and then you went to law and then you have photography and it's like all intermingled too so that's really cool it is and I think like the biggest thing in that was like the questions you sent me ahead of time so we could have a guided conversation here was like the best advocate for this whole situation that you just mentioned is a person named Gary Vaynerchuk yes Um, (laughs) Gary V and like he wholeheartedly embraces like you need to go out and try stuff and you do not necessarily know need to know what you are going to do at 21 years old. Like, like you have plenty of time to figure it out. Yeah. And this is a time when you should be exploring things and trying things. And there's so much out in the world. Like you can't know what you want until sometimes you, until you try it. Exactly. Explore things and you have to like immerse yourself. And then something, one day something totally clicks with you and you're like, Oh, this is what my purpose is. Mm Mm-hmm like, this is amazing. And by exploring those things, like inevitably, you know, whatever you believe, I believe in like the power of the universe and kind of the law of attraction, Mm -hmm. like the right people will show up at the right time. Or in other words, like, I'm sure people in your audience, and you've heard this before, like when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Mm -hmm. Very true. It's very true. But it only happens if you go and put yourself out there. Like if you're not exploring, the teacher won't show up because you're not showing up Mm -hmm. to invite the teacher in. So I highly recommend Gary Vaynerchuk. Me too. <laughs> um, I do always like to say this, and you you know this because you listen to him. Like disclaimer for new listeners or people who aren't familiar with Gary, <laughs> he likes to use the f word a lot, and he uses it for emphasis, and he doesn't care. Yeah. So like, if that that type of language is not for you, then maybe you should not listen. And although he did on LinkedIn, he's doing a non <laughs> PG thirteen. <laughs> Um, so he's trying to make sure like his audience, he doesn't miss people because that turns people away. Mm-hmm. Um, amazing. Like I have been like a big Gary Vaynerchuk fan for a long, long time. Like since like his first book called crush it. And mm-hmm. if you haven't read it, I encourage you to get it. Um, now he's like everywhere. If you just type in Gary Vaynerchuk one time on your Google, <laughs> we'll start popping up everywhere. Like if you're on mm-hmm. Spotify, if you are on Apple podcasts, if you are on anything. So, um, for anyone in their twenties, you need to listen to him, mm-hmm. just hear him out and, and have a listen to one or two of his podcasts. And you're going to be like, Oh my God, 
Yeah. yeah, like honestly, I totally agree with you. At first I was like, wow, this guy's really intense, but I love that. I love the tough love. I love like tell it how it is, black or white. Like he is all about that. And it's so cool, like how he grew up. He started in the sales business with his family and w- selling wine and alcohol, I think it was. So he's just had so many experiences and he's built this brand and business for himself all on just like helping other people and I think that's such a cool aspect of what he does and again he's intense but sometimes we all need that <laughs> yeah. and like so here's the thing guys like for for as much as Gary Vaynerchuk is intense he's also just as kind like yeah. he literally hired somebody who is an uber driver recently like he believes in the underdog. He believes in the people who are going to try and fail and try and fail. And like, he's all love, but he's just New York. He's Russian. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so like, I can't recommend him enough. Like we could talk about Gary Vaynerchuk. Yeah. But yeah. Gary B. That's a really good point. So anyone in your 20s or even 30s, 40s, 50s, like I totally recommend him as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's a great tip, Don. Um, and I know you're all about marketing. So let's talk a little bit about your career now and um, kind of like what interested you in marketing in the first place? Like I knew you start out with all that other stuff, but what led you to this? So when you become a photographer, you realize very quickly, like you are marketing, you are accounting, you are a photographer, you are a therapist, you are (laughs) like a cat herder if you're photographing multiple anything, children, dogs, grown-ups, like (laughs) you have to just be really, really good at a lot of things and you bootstrap it. So Mm -hmm. the thing about being like, so I started my photography business right before I had my girls not knowing I was going to have my girls. (laughs) Um, And like, I started to really pay attention to like the early iterations of social media and like just networking, because that's what you do to build a business. Like Mm -hmm. I knew enough from being raised in a house, like my dad ran big companies and was a consultant. So like our every night dinner talk was like about business. And because my grandfather ran a business in Boston, like this big, company like that's normal this was like our everyday conversation so you know like for me it was how do I get the word out who am I going to talk to and I love people and like the more work I did the more people like my photography clients like oh you know that was like a really great like we were still running print ads by the way back then so like you I designed my own print ad like I didn't have a graphic designer I had to learn all those things so I would um you know network with people and then my network grew and people started like asking me for help on like messaging and ad design and all this stuff. And I was Mm -hmm. listening to people like the Gary Vaynerchuks of the time, um, you know, and just digging and researching and immersing myself in like everything marketing that I could find. Um, And then it kind of grew from there. Like I was, I, I ran my photography studio for 15 years. Wow. I'm still doing it on the side, but yeah. And like when you started out your photography business, what were you like focusing on? What? (laughs) Okay. So I fell into photography. Like first I picked up a camera when I was really little, my dad Mm -hmm. gave me a camera. I still have it to this day. It's a 35 millimeter Konica like camera. 
Um, and I loved it. And my childhood dream, now this is really important for everybody listening. Like this is why when you're little, you really need to pay attention because there's a good part of you before everybody starts to deconstruct what you should and shouldn't be doing. And you have like, you know, you're like the little kid who dances in the rain (laughs) and doesn't care. I, my heart's desire when I was a little girl was to be an astronaut and photograph the earth from space. Like I always still wanted to be doing something adventurous with a camera. Okay. Mm -hmm. So like your, your gut instincts, like, I think it's inside you that you know what you need to do, which is why you have to go out and explore. Like we were talking about, like you have to put yourself in the way of things and like try different things. And so here I am all these years later, I've left law school. I didn't think I was going to have children. I really needed to take a knee. Like I said, like when, like I had had children in my plan, like in my head, like Mm -hmm. this was going to, and when someone tells you like, it's never going to happen, it breaks your heart. Um, It changes your life. It flips you inside out. So like, fortunately had a really wonderful girlfriend who was a dog walker, dog trainer. And I had just rescued a dog (laughs) and needed a trainer. So I was working with her and she was like, Hey, you know, um, I think I know it would make you feel a little bit better and less, and you know, these blues that you're feeling, you're feeling right now. She's like, come with me. I need help. My business is growing. Um, can you help me walk some dogs? Cause I grew up around dogs. I handled field do- dogs and like all sorts of stuff. She's like, you've got the dog thing. Like I trust <laughs> you handling my clients, dogs, like whatever. So I went to do that and I was like, wow, you know, if I was, was like having somebody come walk my dog, mm-hmm. I'd kind of she was up to this was like before like live feeds and webcams and stuff like so I brought the camera along and I started taking candid photos of dogs and leaving the prints for the the owners like hey last week and I had you know you know furry Fred (laughs) you know whoever out like Fido um I took these pictures and I thought you would enjoy seeing what we were up to and people started to commission me wow Like I was getting people saying like, can you come, can I pay you to come photograph my dog? Like, just like this, not Mm -hmm. like on a backdrop, just like this. Like you captured my dog to the whiskers, like amazing. And that's how that took off. And there was that, you know, fulfillment of this really long ago childhood, like thing that I was feeling as a little girl, like coming to fruition. And it just took off. And then I had like a studio. And of course, then I started photographing babies because I had babies. And then I started photographing seniors and people and headshots and food and like real estate, you know, and I built this really great studio, like a 2200 square foot studio in Amesbury was like, that's wow. That's an awesome story. And I just love how you said it it came from your childhood. It came from your roots because I say that all the time. I've said this a couple of times on this show with different guests. Like I was young, similar to you, like sitting in my room, tweaking things, painting my walls over and over, like making my space the way I wanted to. And like, I somehow realized like, oh, this is what I actually want to do for the rest of my life. So you kind of have to go back to your roots and to your childhood if you're really lost and just be like, what did, what in, what did you enjoy in life? And like, what excited you? Because I feel like that's really, truly where people find their real passion. Yeah. And I think there's like a calling, like, mm-hmm. I, I think sometimes it's hard for us to access it, but there's like a knowing, there's just a knowing. And when you give yourself a moment and I don't think my moment would have come if I didn't feel like 
this loss that I had to take a knee. I truly believe that wouldn't, I would, I probably would have missed this discovery earlier on. Right. Had I not had that experience. So like sometimes when we're at our most vulnerable or we're feeling so broken, Mm -hmm. we really have to look at what's going to rustle around inside us and lift us back up again. And, you know, I'm forever grateful to my friend who had me help her. I'm still (laughs) friends with her to this day. Um, It changed my life. Like every amazing thing since has come to me through my dogs and my photography work, even Mm -hmm. my current work I ended up having where I met you. Like all of that (laughs) was part (laughs) of my, has been part of my journey. So yeah. Like, you know, life is not a perfect path. And even in those difficult moments, we really need to just give ourselves a moment to listen mm-hmm. and to really let ourselves lean into the right people, mm-hmm. right? Like I had fortunately this beautiful, wonderful friend who was there to just give me a nudge. You know, she didn't have an answer. Mm-hmm. She just made a suggestion And it was enough to get me moving out of that darkness and into a better direction. Yeah. Um, I think that's, that's a huge part of it is having the right people around you and surrounding yourself with really good, positive people who try to help bring you up. Because if you're surrounded by negativity, that's, you're going to stay where you are. And it's like that, if you didn't go on that walk, if you didn't know that friend, you wouldn't have gotten to even know me today like so it's kind of incredible how even that dog walk that you went on like kind of turned into this whole empire for you of photography and marketing so it's incredible (laughs) it is incredible where those things are take us and I think like you know what's also important is that you'll go through different iterations of this throughout your Mm -hmm. life right so like I've had plenty of dark moments since then like I've had a divorce which rattled me to my core. It brought me to my knees in a way like nothing else. Um, and I'm still here. And that was five years ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, there are, there have been other things before and other things since. And, you know, to what you said, like you have to surround yourself with people that are your tribe. And sometimes that tribe will change its face and people will come in and they will leave and that's okay. And, Um, sometimes you'll just have to reach out and find them. Like I was sharing with you before we started, like, um, and I can lead into this and you can like, let me know if this works, but you know, this pat, this coming year, um, is about my next iteration. And that's what the title of a book by, um, my now mentor, um, Evie Pomporis is called Becoming Bulletproof. Um, she's a fascinating woman. And, um, that's kind of my mantra for 2021. Like, I don't believe in resolutions. I believe in the concept of Kaizen. Um, do you know that concept? No, I don't. Yeah. What is that? So Kaizen is like, you're always evolving or it's never ending room for improvement. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, as we become and evolve, we become more diverse and dynamic and evolved and stronger, wiser, like more educated, like whatever it is, but we come like the next iteration of ourselves from, you know, the layers underneath. And, um, it's a really interesting concept. And ironically, an element client taught me about Kaizen and I wrote Mm -hmm. about it while I was there in one of our blogs now uh, still up. Um, and 
that was really life-changing. And so I found Evie Pomporis and as I've kind of had new things to overcome, I embrace this concept of becoming bulletproof this year. And it's not a resolution. It's just a commitment to myself to, to go and find the people that are going to help me make that happen. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it looks like on the other side. I just know I'm going to feel different, yes. right? Like yeah. right now I'm in a place where I'm feeling like I need some shoring up. I feel like I'm in my forties now and I need to put a stake in the ground and claim my womanhood, not like ultra feminist. No. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. Like, you know, like I've done some really amazing things and I need to allow myself the grace (laughs) to feel those things and claim them and demonstrate for my daughters how to be a strong woman. But that doesn't mean like I'm feeling unemotional. It means like being vulnerable with the right people, being financially strong, being emotionally strong and, mm-hmm. you know, surrounding yourself with good, positive people, not letting people abuse you, not letting people walk all over you, yep. knowing your worth, feel like knowing your value, um, not over explaining, but knowing when to apologize, like being authentic and claiming your voice, like, I don't have to be who I was five years ago. I don't have to be who I was 10 years ago. I'm going to mm-hmm. be this like reclaimed version of my newer self. Um, so people like Evie, like Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, one of the things too, again, going back to Gary Vee, is like, <laughs> he cares nothing about what anyone thinks about him. Literally. Not his wife. And he'll tell you that, like, not even my wife, her opinion doesn't even matter to me. Yeah. Like there's a lot of wisdom in that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so people like Gary Vee, Evie Pomporis, um, just incredible. And then uh, recently I discovered this book called, um, Believe It, but women like her who are like, you can go after what you want in business. She used to be the owner of It Cosmetics. Oh yeah. <laughs> Amy Kern Lima. Oh, her. Okay. Um, and she, I was able to like get myself enrolled in like the preview of her upcoming book. Wow. I get to kind of be one of the pre-readers and dig into like the nuts and bolts of like what it takes to be, you know, literally to have a billion with a B dollar business that you started in, she started in her living room. Oh my gosh. And launched on QVC after they told her no, however many times. Yeah. Over three years, she heard no, and she still kept trying. So it's about resilience. And she talks about being authentic in your business and your messaging, which Mm -hmm. marketing stuff. So yeah, like you have to kind of curate your own tribe sometimes, not just from within your friends, but like the people who are succeeding in those other realms to read their books, to ask them to mentor you, to go to a course, to listen to a seminar, to whatever, you know? Um, and so that's kind of me on my path this year to becoming bulletproof. Wow. I just everything you say, I'm just so inspired. And I just love just kind of where you're coming from. Your background is amazing. And just your mindset, because I feel like like we were talking about before, it's okay to be a strong woman. It's okay to be a strong person. And I feel like there's a big difference between being too like 
overzealous and like kind of cocky with it versus actually knowing your worth and not being walked all over by people. And I think even for me, like I have come truly into my own in these past couple years because I got out of a toxic relationship and then I kind of had the time to rebuild myself. And again, it's who you put yourself around. And thanks to my new boyfriend and just like my new friends and just my life in general, I just truly feel like um, everything happens for a reason. And it, this doesn't happen overnight. Like it takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of mind kind of prepping for yourself. But I think also too, when you said you don't know what bulletproof looks like, but you know how it feels. I think that is like everything because you don't have to know exactly where you want to be in the next five years or the next five months but you just have to know how you're going to feel like what does it smell like what does it taste like how how are your emotions what does what does it look like for you so yeah all of those points like so amazing and I feel like a lot of people can relate who are feeling maybe a little lost right now yeah I think this was a year where people have every justification to feel lost um one of my motivations for the, you know this becoming bulletproof again that's evie pomporis i did not coin that guys like that's all her and her people um is just like you gotta give yourself some grace mm-hmm. like, it's okay to get lost once in a while you just gotta hang in there and don't yes. like in some days that could honestly mean like the only thing that's going to center you and console you is one warm mug of tea mm-hmm. and a call to a friend and that's enough like mm-hmm. if that's what's going to just get you through that day that's enough but don't quit yes <laughs> going forward put one foot in front of the other do your thing and reach 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 and do it do it in a way like again like the evie stuff and like Brene brown i always recommend Brene brown like these are all women who are tough, strong women. And they have just basically said like, there are boundaries. Yep. They're there for a reason. I know they're going to upset somebody, but that's too bad because this is my life mm-hmm. and I'm claiming it. And you can claim it one way in your twenties and a different way in your thirties and another way in your forties. Cause like stuff changes, like yeah. you make different decisions when you have children versus when you don't have children. Right. So like, or you make different decisions when you're ready to pursue your career and you're like, listen, like my vision is this, this year, like primary focus is here. Mm-hmm. There's plenty of time. Again, the Gary Vaynerchuk, like all these people layer on top of each other. Right. Yeah. They, yeah. You end up like merging in, you get a little bit from this person, and a little bit from that person and all like has this convergence. I agree. And I think that's a good point too. Like it's okay to take a little bit from each piece of content that you take in like I feel like some people might just focus on this one person's lifestyle and they're like they feel like they're failing because they're not living up to this person's life and it's like it's okay to take little pieces from each person and it's okay to not agree with everyone you listen to I'm sure no one in the world agrees a hundred percent of what I say but it's all about how you take these pieces of information and transform them into your life 
And to your point about don't give up, I have my book here. I listened to this audiobook when I was like seven years old with my dad because he always listened to the audiobooks about life and the secrets and stuff like that. But Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill is so good. And about the don't give up point, it's like in this book, it literally says that there was um, a miner who I think it was in California and he was digging for gold and um he literally gave up three feet away from where the actual gold was. And then like someone else went back with a bigger machine or something like that and found the gold. And then it was like this whole gold rush. But the point of that is that if you stop and then walk away, like you are truly walking away from something that could be truly beautiful for your life. So no, whatever you're pursuing, like truly never give up, keep going. Even if it's just a relaxing day, like you said, with a friend and a cup of tea, like that's okay. It's okay to take breaks. Just keep going. Yes, absolutely. And like, sometimes you can't keep going unless you take a break. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we, I'm sure that you revisited this with other people either on the podcast or you read it yourself. Like we are in this like if you're not super busy, you're not doing anything kind of cultural, that's culturally accepted, but it's so not the right approach. Like some of the most successful people, like they still schedule time to breathe, except for maybe Gary Vaynerchuk, but he'll <laughs> literally can't meditate. Like yeah, make him more unhappy to do that. But you know, he's very much the exception. Um, you know, like most successful people, if you look at their habits, right, anyone who you really admire, like, or even like the Oprah's of the world, or, you know, the the big, anyone on the, like, shark tank, like, they yeah. all have these routines, or that's built in, right, so, like, um, I remember, like, and I'm not gonna get into too much politics, but I remember watching an interview with Condoleezza Rice, and they asked her what, like, her schedule was like, and she was a pianist, most people don't know that, but like, you know, she would schedule time to play the piano or she would schedule time to like be on the treadmill, like three 30 in the morning before it <laughs> started, but she still did it. Right. And it, it kept her going because mm-hmm. she made the effort to like do whatever me, her me time looked like. Right. And it's going to be different for everybody. Um, you know, I'm just as guilty as the next person for doing like having, not having a proper routine of doing burnout when I was running my studio, like 10 years in, I'm like, I was there till three in the morning, mm-hmm. you know, several nights a week. I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> yeah. You know, and it wasn't any good for it. And I would hit a wall. And so, you know, just something to think it, to keep in mind is that when you're younger, you know, you have all this energy leverage the hell out of it for sure. Mm-hmm. But do make sure you give yourself some like regrouping time because your brain literally goes into what's called ego depletion. Um, it's a real state um, your brain uses calories. And if you're not taking in enough calories and you're not giving your brain the opportunity to rest, you're not going to be good for anything. Like not even the thing that you really want to pursue. Um, so something to be. (laughs) (laughs) That's really good to know because I feel like we're similar in the sense, like we're so passionate about what we do and like me being young, I do have a lot of energy, but I have experienced burnout before. You're going to have plenty of time, like yeah. make it what it needs to be for you, of course. Um, but yeah, like 
don't forget to breathe. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And I think you're right. It's a whole culture. It's all social media like shows us is like hustle, hustle, hustle. Like, yes, I'm all about the hustle, but yeah. I think what I need to remind myself too is it's okay to breathe. It's okay to take a break and success doesn't look like a full schedule 24 seven. Well said. Yeah. That's so true. Yeah. It's so true. And social media is not the greatest baseline for yeah. us because some of that stuff's not super real. (laughs) (laughs) I agree. Can you tell us a little bit about social media and how it plays a role in marketing and just your life in general? Oh, sure. So like, um, I was an early adopter of like Facebook. Um, I can talk a little bit, like I have to, I will be completely honest. Like I'm not a big Twitter user. Me neither. (laughs) I lean a lot into like more Instagram than Facebook these days, like mm-hmm. um, LinkedIn for business purposes. Yes. Um, I'm, I'm really like outside of your target listener. Like guys, I haven't made one TikTok. I don't have a reel. Like <laughs> I, don't, I haven't done any of that. I was on Snapchat for a little while and that was fun. Um, but yeah, like my go-to mainstays is like, uh, being on social media has really allowed me, particularly because I was in the visual arts for so long, mm-hmm. like it was a necessary thing. Like mm-hmm. I had to figure it out. I had to find a way to make it work. Um, you know, gosh, and it's interesting now, like when you, my memories come up, I'm like, that was 14 years ago. <laughs> what? Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> um, you know, and it's content I posted all those years back. I was like, wow. So, <laughs> Um, for me, it was like really important, but I also would started to use like several years ago, like the video, like doing video. I didn't mm-hmm. know what I was doing at the time. Like I, I, you know, I don't have a crystal ball or whatever, but it just felt right to me because like, I was just, that's just how I am. Like my personality was like, I really like to be face to face. I'm mm-hmm. good. Like one to one, one to two, one to three. And then like we get four, five and six and thousands. I'm like, mm, I'm going to be the wallflower over there in the corner. <laughs> somebody come talk to me and like (laughs) just one person though, not everybody. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it suited, it sat well, really well with me because I started to like build a good amount of followers, but I always felt like I was like one to wanting it when I was doing my like Facebook lives. Right. And what happened was like, I started to, you know, get traction, not realizing it, like, because the reach of social media and like people share and you don't realize who they're sharing with. And, Mm -hmm. um, what worked so well was a doing the video doing consistent posts like i didn't schedule a time i was very organic about my use like it was like oh man i want to share this like amazing book or this quote or this like yeah the shot from it like my last shoot that i did um like i want to share about like my other photography mentor um who did this thing and it was really brilliant and it was just always about like sharing something quality it wasn't there's very little drama in anything I post, always being the light and always showing grace, like lots of positive content. So I became over time, like people's safe haven. Like they know they could look at my feed and know that there wasn't going to be like a ton of disturbing stuff, like nothing disturbing. It was going to be positive. Like I would engage with them. Um, and that like my messaging was pretty consistent, like over time, like it started to be clear, like I supported like law enforcement because my specialty in photography ended up really primarily being working dogs, mm-hmm. canines, military. Um, so they knew they could rely on that. Who doesn't like to look at dogs on. <laughs> right. 
Um, it's kind of like a short thing. And then like, I was sharing things of value to like my business peers, like Gary Vaynerchuk or Dave Ramsey's Entree Leadership, which I had. Yeah, love that too. <laughs> yeah, like really good stuff that I just carried over time and people just learned that they could trust my feed. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. And where do you think you see social media like going in the future and what role does it play in your business right now? So I think there will always be so, a place for some kind of form of social media because we are creatures of tribes, right? Mm-hmm. Like we want to connect. There's, mm-hmm. we have to connect. Like it's a human thing. So how are we best suited to doing that? I think um, what's been interesting is like what's there's a new video chat platform. I just joined it today and I'm totally blank. Um, my app. I will tell you clubhouse clubhouse. Yes. Wait, oh, I just, clubhouse. I just downloaded it too, but I'm not like on it yet. I just got a username. Okay. So I, I wonder if I have any, so first you, now you have to be invited. There's like a backlog. They've done a great job yeah. generating demand. Like, Oh, we only have so many spots and you have to be invited by somebody. It's like, what? Um, so I just was, I think this is going to be the next thing Me because too. when I was on there and I was like, you put your interest in, and of course, like it suggests not just your con your contacts, but like, if you're interested in entrepreneurship, small business, um, marketing, you put in these categories and like, oh, it makes all these suggestions. And I'm like, yeah, oh my God, I already follow this person on these other platforms. So like, I think it's going to be something like this. I think it's going to be video-based. I think it's going to be something live time. It's going to be something that continues to connect people Yeah. Um, where you can share like content. And I, I also feel like, again, I don't know much about the platform and I can't, I was introduced to it because of this, believe it, like pre-reading this book launch thing. Mm-hmm. Um, she recommended it in the private Facebook group that you get put into when you join this thing mm-hmm. and um that was really specific wasn't it guys so um <laughs> we got but, you. like clubhouse was in one of the feeds and then, like I quickly got on it because I'm like oh like this thing looks just looks good and what is it and um you know having a presence across different channels right because yeah. think about it like there are reasons you're going to go on Facebook versus Instagram versus clubhouse versus TikTok like they're just, they serve a different purpose, right? Mm -hmm. One like LinkedIn, more business oriented, you know, less certain stuff is going on there. Um, But this was interesting because of the video thing. Like you're basically video messaging. Oh, yeah. So that's really funny. I just didn't know what you meant because that's hilarious because I downloaded it like yesterday. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, I thought it was just audio. I didn't know it was video too. Oh, maybe it is audio. I don't even know. I thought it was video. (laughs) It probably is audio. You know more than I do. I don't know. Um, I don't know what it is. And there's these rooms I don't know. It's all these crazy things. I picture um, it like I'm not on it yet, but I thought I pictured it kind of like a podcast in a sense, but you like join the rooms and then you can start talking about subjects, but I have no idea. I'm not even on it yet, but I have the app. I have no idea either, but there's stuff in there and it's good stuff. So I'm like, oh, okay. And like, I didn't realize you needed like an invitation. So I had to find somebody to invite me. And then guess what happened? Like I signed up for it just like you. And then one of my other people invited me. Like oh. another friend of mine I was on a photography project with. I'm like, oh, yes, now I'm in. Like, now what do I do? I don't even know what this thing is. But I think it's going to be, you know, whatever forms of communication we can have to find our other people who have the same beliefs, yep. interests, 
passions because at the end of the day, like everybody wants to connect. And then I think you asked me what business relevance does this have? Is that what you? Yeah. Yeah. So like business wise, like one of the things about marketing is like the coolest thing about it is that you need to communicate with people. You need to do it clearly and effectively to sell product, service, brand, whatever it might be. Mm -hmm. And the way to do that effectively is through some form of storytelling and messaging. So any of these platforms are best suited to it. Like the platforms don't do the selling for you. The right. content you're putting on the platforms is doing the selling for you. So if you can leverage any platform, like regardless of what it looks like in five years or two years or whatever, um, whatever you're using, I think you have to bring a couple of common denominators to your party there, right? You're going to bring authenticity, very crystal clear messaging. And this mm-hmm. is going to be my other takeaway for your listeners. If you read no other business book ever, 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 ever in your entire <laughs> life, please go get anything written by Donald Miller. He recently launched his book called Business Made Simple. There's another one called Story Brand. There's another one called Marketing Made Simple. Mm-hmm hands down the best business education, storytelling, marketing, anything education you are ever going to find. And he's on a mission to make like, I literally think he's on a a mission to make sure that no other business school gets another applicant ever again. (laughs) I love it though, to be honest, I'm in uh, minoring in business, but it's like so true because like you can learn so much on your own. It's just all about like the self-education. That's so cool. I'm putting that one on my list. I think you messaged me about it. It's a non-negotiable. So it's going to be one of those books that you want to buy every single friend of yours that has anything to do in business around business, which is all of us. Yeah. And the beauty of it is like, it is not a textbook. Okay. It is about how to work with other people in a way that's going to run your business effectively with the clearest possible message ever. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I first learned, how I first learned about Donald Miller was it's probably through some LinkedIn thing. I can't actually target a person, but what I remember was going to his, when I was at the element group, yep. I went to his website and he was offering a free PDF download, his call to action. This is a, a transitional call to action. Let's get mm-hmm. into a little of the nitty gritty here on marketing, a transitional call to action, which is basically where you offer somebody a free download in exchange for their email address. Yep. Something of value, not junk of value, authenticity, right? Mm-hmm clear messaging that's going to solve a problem that they're really struggling with. And at the time when I was at Element, like we had a lot, like they never had a marketing person. Like I was the marketing department when I first got there. (laughs) Yeah. I was building it. So we had like a little, they wanted to redo their website and Donald Miller had this free download, which was like, does your, like the grunt test, he called it the grunt test. And there's five things that you need to know for your website to successfully pass this grunt test. Mm -hmm. And one of the things was he basically, again, in story format, like if you were to be in a Starbucks, which we used to be able to do, not right now, right? but you're going to a coffee shop or whatever with um, a potential client, a prospect, and you open up your laptop or your tablet, or sometimes now with your phone, (laughs) and you say, you show them your homepage for five seconds, and then you close it and put it down. And they should be able to tell you what you do, 
in five seconds or less. If your website does not pass that test, you probably should hire a story brand certified coach. And so that was his springboard because like how many websites successfully do that? Ask yourself. Yeah. Does Genuinely. You right. So like, I think this free download is probably some out there too still, but it was a slippery slope into his brand. And what you would learn is like, oh, he does these seminars and these workshops and you can spend one day in Tennessee learning not just how to do that with your website, but other things from a group of people who are experts in website development mm -hmm. and marketing and copywriting. And he has a corral of these experts oh. under the story. And you can't, you don't want to leave when you get in there. Like, oh my God, there's all these amazing people. <laughs> and so like, I've used all of Donald Miller stuff in my subsequent work. Yeah. And like literally this business made simple came out and he's got a podcast and you will always learn something. And of course, like, who does he have on his podcast? Almost everyone that was already <laughs> someone I knew of, right. like, same right? Like Simon Sinek, who's also phenomenal. Simon Sinek's very important too. Like I could give you like a list of my like, top 20. <laughs> I know. I um, love it. So, yeah. Like that's my biggest message for anyone who's just graduating and going into anything. Like, I don't care what business it is. Like, mm -hmm. I don't even care if it's the business of you. Mm -hmm. Because guess what? If you're going out to look for a job, you have to find out and learn how to pitch yourself. Literally. That's and a huge thing have, too that I always talk about. Your message on why you're a value to this company that you really want to work for, you're not going to get the job. Yeah, literally. So like, I can honestly tell you like there's within like, again, like it is a great, it's a wonderful book, but you're going to learn something about yourself and how to do business, whether mm -hmm. that's selling you, selling a product, selling a service, like helping someone else do that for their business. Like, yeah. Wow. I think that is amazing. And the fact that you are continuously growing your businesses and just you as a person, I think that's so important as well, because if you are listening and you're not in your twenties or just out of school, like it's okay to continue to grow yourself. Like I always joke that my climax will be my death, how morbid, but I'm like, I'm always wanting to go up and up and up because there's so much to learn. There's so much to do. There's so much to improve on. It's just like the beautiful thing about life. And also too, when you were mentioning about selling yourself, that's something that I always say too, like, come on people. Like it's all about, it's, it's not about being selfish. Like I'm so great. I, I can do this. I can do that. But it's about how you're positioning yourself to your future employer or to your future company that shows them that you're valuable. Like what, what makes you so special between all the other applicants? So that's a really good point as well. Yep. And I, I think it would be helpful to like, okay, so let's say you guys don't go out and get the business made simple book. <laughs> and I think like, it seems like a lot of your listeners are in the same boat as you. Yes, Lily Grace, do you know what your demographic is for your listeners? Yeah, so a lot of them are females. I would say 75% females. We do have some males, which I love. Um, and then a lot of them are between ages of 18 and like 23, 25. But I do have like, like the rest of the percentages are all the way up through like 75. So, it's so here's the thing, guys. If you don't read any of the books and you never listen to Gary Vaynerchuk, and you're pitching yourself for a job because I think that's where like a, probably a majority of your people are, right? Mm -hmm. And we want to like, sir, let's give your tribe some value right now. When you're trying to sell yourself or your service or your product, you know, it's not about you, right? 
Okay. Mm -hmm. So like when you go to a job interview, you research the crap out of the company you're going to interview with. I would hope people know that, but if you don't do it, like go dig in and find everything you can and maybe even ask to talk to somebody who works there that might be willing to have a conversation with you or through your, why your network is so important. Like ask somebody if they know someone there or you like say, you know, I'm considering a job here. You'd be willing to talk to me about X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. And then when you go in to pitch yourself, you say, it seems like your biggest um, success has been X. It looks like you could really use somebody who's great at Y mm-hmm. so that you can get to Z. Yeah. Have you said anything about yourself in that statement? No. <laughs> All about them. Yeah. That's business, right? Because listen, when you go to, when you're going to interview for a job, they have a pain point. They need somebody to do what you hopefully can do for them. So I encourage you to make it almost all about them in a very specific way from the research that you've done about their company. Mm -hmm. Your cover letter should be the exact same way. And I did not come up with this. This is partly about Donald Miller. This is partly me investing like a good chunk of change into an executive coach to help me find a job, Mm -hmm. um, which can be grueling and long and arduous. (laughs) But you have these little keys like this to unlock it. But always make it about them, even when it's about you getting the job. Right. Okay. And you wouldn't believe what doors that will open because it's so unusual for somebody to, to have a candidate come sit in front of them and not make it all about the candidate. Mm -hmm. Now, if they're going to ask you like, you know, where do you want to be in five years? Have Mm -hmm. that, have that prepared, but one of the biggest strengths you can bring to the table with any negotiation is to recognize what pain they're in, speak their pain and offer a solution for their pain. And then you talk about what you can do for them to make the pain go away. I love it. I love it. And I think literally anyone and everyone, especially just graduating school and looking for their first job can take that point and truly bring it out into their interviews. Um, because I probably wish I knew that my first couple interviews uh, a few years ago. And it's like this stuff they don't teach you in school. So no, they don't. you got to do the digging yourself and like learn this stuff and listen to Dawn <laughs> because <laughs> she is just absolutely amazing. But um, I just, yeah, you're right. It's all about how am I solving the problem? How, what problem do or what issue can I really help them in order to bring more value to their company? Absolutely. And, yeah. you know, I know a lot of people probably are, you know, setting up their LinkedIn pages. I would follow the same type of formula on your LinkedIn pages. Um, there's no reason you should not to your own horn if you had some success. Like mm-hmm. I'm proud of the fact that I personally learned how to fly an airplane when I was 15. Oh my like, gosh. <laughs> that's a, that's a conversation starter. Yeah. Do that. Like when people ask you about yourself, like share, like where, you know, where are your strengths and weaknesses? Like, My strength, I think, was like I was curious and adventurous enough to learn how to fly a plane at 15. People are like, what? I know. That's like dangerous. Yeah. So not everybody has that, but you all, everyone has something, right? Like, it's so meaningful for me to have the conversations with my grandmother because she has all this wisdom and I want to, like, 
eke out every last detail. So like I have the wisdom of the ages because for me, it's important to know from where you came and where you're going and to have an expert help guiding you. I don't do this alone. Mm-hmm. Not life, not my job, not anything. Like, those types of things are going to like make people actually stop and listen. Like the best thing that can happen when you're in an interview or you're pitching somebody is when somebody goes like this. And if you're listening, I'll explain what I do afterwards. <laughs> they lean forward and their eyes get big and they're like, what? Like the lean forward moment is what you're striving to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Like not because you're not talking like loud enough, <laughs> that, but like, a genuine lean in moment, like mm-hmm. a curiosity. Um, that's when you get them, right? Yeah. So that's my recommendation. That's the value I want to leave for your listeners tonight. You don't have to listen to anything else that we said. <laughs> that's a fabulous, fabulous point. And anyone at any age can take this advice because it is so prudent in order to just be in the world and present yourself. Yeah. And, and that's marketing. Yeah. You guys, so like, I don't want you to think we got so far off track. Like it really, you have to know how to market yourself. Definitely. And remember you're doing that on your social media channels, please God, (laughs) because they will look at that. Your potential employers will be doing that. So Mm -hmm. be aware, just, you know, be yourself, but please be aware. (laughs) Yes, definitely. People do go and look at that. Um, And if you're in particular industries, like, they will do more so than at others. Like True. if you're going into the legal arena, you know, keep it clean, keep your past clean. <laughs> yes. That might not be super appropriate. Like at least while you're or hide thing, like whatever beach, you should be true and authentic. I don't want people pulling the wool over anyone's eyes, but like be mindful of that. Like if you're going out for a job search, an executive coach is going to tell you like, is there anything that might be t- particularly concerning? on your social media channels for real. Like this is real talk, right? Well, so yeah. Yes. <laughs> no, definitely. That's marketing too, right? Like when you get a bad, so like, it's the same thing. Like if you get a bad review, right? On a Yelp or go like mm-hmm. you address it, you take care of it. You don't necessarily hide it mm-hmm. or you just don't put it there or just don't behave in a way. <laughs> yeah. It's going to cast you in a negative light. Exactly. Marketing. So that's also like a social media tidbit. (laughs) Yeah. And I think that's a good point too, because not everyone listening has their own business or has their own thing going on, but you are your own thing going on in a sense, because it's like on your social media, the way you speak to people, you're marketing yourself. And like the way you show up on social media really shows one side of you. And if you're totally different in person, people are going to question that. So be careful, be careful. Anything, just be consistent. Exactly. Be yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Like you're crazy wild and at like the clubs, you should totally go into the entertainment business. Like there's value in that for the, like for real, like don't lie, just be you. Exactly. You know, pursue things in the same vein that will reflect the best light for you as you and you in the pursuit of a career because some people like I am not a party girl like if people like if somebody from like (laughs) I'm gonna date myself again like MTV wanted to hire me 10 years ago I'm not your girl like (laughs) I don't go to the clubs like I don't like lots of people around me like all the time especially now (laughs) yeah definitely not (laughs) like you know that's all be authentic again back to like the authenticity Mm -hmm. message so yeah, everything's kind of always marketing. I, yeah. 
Yeah. And just real quick, can you speak to us a little bit about your canines on duty business with your husband and just kind of plug yourself there? Okay, guys, here's the shameless plug. And you're going to have to grade me now because I've already told you you're supposed to kind of do this, right? Messaging. Oh, gosh, here we go. <laughs> so canines on duty is the next iteration of what was originally absolutely canine, which is the name of my original photography business. Mm -hmm. um, I really wanted to focus on dogs, um, as much dogs as I could. Dogs with their people was fine. Um, I ended up specializing in working dog photography. And thanks to my tribe that I had around me through a large part of my photography career, I had a bunch of girlfriends sit me down and be like, look, uh, none of us feel the way that you do about photographing dogs about our own photography. So we need to like get you locked in, like rebrand go all in. This is like you, like this is you, all you, all the time working dogs, like getting dirty. I literally have been in sewer pipes photographing. <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. And like special forces teams repelling off the side of a building with their dog. I've been there too. So most people look at me and be like, hmm? <laughs> <laughs> normally I'm happiest most of the time. Although my boss, should they hear this? They know this is true and it's okay. Um, I love being where there are canine teams barking and chasing fake suspects in training scenarios, uh, dirty. Dirty, long 12 hour days and literally smears of dirt all over my face and, <laughs> and cracks and crevices. Um, so I branded it, rebranded it a couple of years ago as canines on duty. Um, and really carved a niche. And I was, I, I was invited on podcasts, like for some really big people in the industry. Um, one of them is Nick White. He was the co-host of America's Top Dog. Wow. He, he had a training company and a big podcast. And they invited me to be on that. Like all again, because of like consistency, me being my authentic self, being a specialist, being marketing, showing up consistently on social media, social media, social media. <laughs> so I had this company and this was now coming on almost, 20 years of being a photographer and I met my now husband who was an instructor at a conference where I was the hired photographer. Now a disclaimer in total honesty, I've never pursued a man as part of my job. <laughs> Much to my girlfriend's dismay, that was not why I was there. I was actually hired two years ahead of time um, for this assignment, which mm -hmm. was a real honor. And um, it was a working dog seminar for law enforcement certifications and stuff. And I met him there and we really connected and he has been a dog trainer for 20 years, um, an instructor on dog psychology and the art of the interview when suspects get pulled over. Mm -hmm. um, and like what happens in a dog's mind when they're doing a search for drugs, bombs, like working. So cool. So we had a lot in common um, when we realized we were going to get married. I brought him in as my partner and co-owner of Canines on Duty. So now we are heading in the direction of being, you know, a little bit working dog. I'm kind of going into semi-retirement. Very sad. Mm -hmm. um, but he's taking it in a whole new direction. Again, another iteration. And it's basically like dog psychology. Um, for working dog handlers um, worldwide. 
That is so cool. Just so niche, so different. And it's so unique. Like I absolutely love that. And I love how you like built it together, worked as a team. Sounds like a power couple. <laughs> we have a podcast as well. It's called Canine Mind Freak. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really taking off. Brian runs the majority of it. Um, we have a new podcast episode coming out. It's one of our, I think our favorite and our best. And we tag teamed on it to interview um, a gentleman who's also been around for a really long time with incredible story Wow, that you must tune in and watch. Like, even if you are not into working dogs, the story was made into a documentary movie, which I actually worked on for three years as a stills photographer. Wow. So, I- I'll have to listen in. I'm so excited. Yeah. Oh, um, love it. The movie's called Canine Guardians and you can watch it on Amazon Prime. Awesome. And just the final thing, can you plug your two Instagram handles? What are those two? At canines on duty and it's C-A-N-I-N-E-S on duty. Mm -hmm. All together. Um, And then if you want to see like my portrait work and food photography work, if you're really feeling like you need a a boost in your hunger, (laughs) uh, hopefully I will entice you with my images and that's um, working pro portraits. Um, Yeah. Those are my two handles. Oh my gosh, this is such an amazing episode. Definitely one of my favorite because you are just like full of life, full of this positivity and I love your mindset. So thank you so much for taking the time to come on. Oh, my pleasure, honey. And thank you for being the light. You live (laughs) my mantra so well and you're talented, intelligent, so wonderfully put together. I know that you have your ups and downs too, but you're doing amazing things. I am rooting for you, girlfriend. <laughs> I love you so, so much. Thank you. That is so sweet. <laughs> that is so sweet. And you as well. Like when I, like I said at the beginning, once I met this lady, I was like, we're going to be friends. <laughs> yes, we were. <laughs> we're going to get along. <laughs> awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening in. Hit that subscribe button if you enjoyed this episode. And if that inspired you, I would love if you shared on your social media platforms and tagged me at lilygrace underscore lifestyle on Instagram. Or you can visit my website at www.lilygraceyork.com to see my show notes and leave a review as well. I would love to hear your feedback, so please tell me everything and anything that you learned today. Stay classy, stay bossy, and stay listening.